Welcome to the Stop Down Photography Podcast, episode 94. I'm Scott Davenport. Today's topic, what the subjects you're willing to wait for reveal about your photography. Hi, welcome. Thanks for joining me. It has been a few weeks, and I am glad to be back with you for another chat about photography, this passion we share. And in today's episode, let's take one more step on our never-ending journey of photography. In this episode, I'm sharing some thoughts about waiting. Photography often involves waiting, and sometimes a lot. What I find interesting is what we are willing to wait for, because, at least for me, all waiting is not created equal. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with a friend on social media with your camera club, and if you can, please leave a rating for the podcast. There have been a couple of new ratings in the past few weeks. Thank you to those that put the time in to make those ratings, because the fresh ratings keep the show on the podcast feeds, and it helps other photographers find out about the show. You can leave ratings directly in many apps on your phone, or if you're on the web, you can leave a rating at podchaser.com. Links in the show notes. As a photographer, you are probably not a stranger to waiting. I'm certainly used to a healthy amount of waiting to capture a landscape photo, but I do have limits. My patience is not endless, and I recently hit those limits, and I want to share a story about that. To give you a richer surround to this story, I first need to tell you about a bird, the California brown pelican. The California brown pelican is the smallest of the pelican species, though not a small bird. It has a wingspan of six to seven feet, webbed feet for swimming, and they are great fishers. These pelicans will dive 50 plus feet above the water, poach a fish out of the sea, submerging themselves as they do it. Their pouch gets filled up with water. The pouch itself can hold like two gallons of water. The California brown pelican is also an expert glider effortlessly flies just above the water's surface along the coast, you know, eyeing the water, looking for their next meal. There was actually a study done here in San Diego, my hometown, about the gliding ability of the brown pelican, and they actually ride the updrafts made by rising swells in the ocean. They conserve energy, they conserve strength. It's pretty smart. Now, as graceful as they are in the air, and as skilled as they are at diving into the sea, They're reasonably clumsy and awkward on land, a little amusing to watch, especially right after you've seen them gliding so smoothly. And lastly, as you may have guessed, the California brown pelican has mostly a brown body. That is, until their breeding season. The tip of their bill turns a vibrant red, and so does their throat pouch. Even the iris of their eye changes color to a light blue. Sounds interesting, right? I sure thought it was. So why am I giving you the mini biology lesson on the California brown pelican? Well, I've watched these pelicans skim across the waves countless times during my visits to the San Diego beaches, though I've never photographed the birds themselves. And January is a good time to do that because that transformation of color heading into their breeding season, this shift from a brown-tinted bird into a pelican with red and blue accents, It happens in January, and there is a spot in San Diego not too far from my usual haunts along the coast where the California brown pelicans hang out basically every morning. So in mid-January, I had a morning available for photography, 
why don't I go and capture photos of these birds up close? So that's what I did. I got out to the coast a little before sunrise. Sure enough, the pelicans are there, seven or eight of them. And sure enough, I can see those colors, those color transformations as they're getting ready for breeding season. I brought my longest lens, a 200 millimeter, so reasonable reach, and it's an f4, so it's not a super fast lens, but it'll do. And I started taking photos and waiting. When the pelicans are resting, they don't move much. They rub a feather here and there, tilt their head time and again, and they bunch together too in groups. So I'd wait, and I'd wait, and I'd wait, watching for these sometimes minute changes in their position, fire off a burst of photos, go back to waiting, hoping that one bird would isolate themselves from the others, or a few pelicans would arrange themselves into a pleasing composition, fire off another burst, back to waiting. Maybe a pelican would lift its chin, showing off more of its color pouch, spread its wings, fire off a burst, wait again, and so on, and so on, and so on. And after about 20 minutes in, I was done. I was truly bored. The perfectly posed pelican was not something I was willing to wait for. This is where it gets interesting to me. Well, well, not the pelicans, I mean. I clearly wasn't interested in them. It's interesting that I wasn't interested in waiting. I'm no stranger to waiting. As a landscape photographer, I'll line up a composition and wait. Wait for the light to be right. Wait for the clouds to move in position. Wait for the right breeze to just sway a tree ever so. Wait for the right swirl of water in a river. Wait for the sun to breach the horizon. Wait for the crash of a wave that is just so. And that waiting, I don't mind. So why was I so impatient with the pelicans? I think it's because the subject doesn't compel me. Wildlife photography is just not my thing. I like looking at photos of wildlife. I can appreciate photos of wildlife. But I wasn't willing to wait the amount of time it's required to capture the decisive moment of a pelican, and I assume there is such a thing for a pelican, I wasn't willing to wait. And some photo genres, they involve waiting. Landscape photography for sure, wildlife photography, definitely. Street, I suppose, waiting for the right person to walk through the frame at the right time, just waiting for something to happen. Waiting is a part of these genres. So now, Think about your photography. What are you willing to wait for? The answer is an insight into the types of photography you're passionate about. I have some studio news for you. I am hosting a workshop in May 2022. It will be the only photo workshop I am doing this year the Big Sur Experience will take place May 9th through May 12th, 2022, four days along the California coast in the Big Sur area. And Big Sur has such a wonderful breadth of landscapes to offer. Hills and cliffs, rocky shores, evergreen trees. I am already so very much looking forward to May and sharing Big Sur with my fellow photographers. And there's a great venue booked for this workshop. So in between our location visits, workshop headquarters, 
is the Mission Ranch in Carmel, California. And the group has an entire building on the property, this charming farmhouse that's just for our group. Each person has their own private room, private bathroom, wonderful meeting space in the farmhouse. And the grounds of the Mission Ranch itself are lovely for photography. The Big Sur Experience Workshop is limited to six photographers. And yes, that's small. I keep my workshop small because that's just how I like to run things. Everybody gets plenty of individualized instruction and coaching, and it keeps us nimble in the field. It's easier to pivot plans with a smaller group. The cost for this workshop is $1,695. That is a four-day workshop with personalized instruction, on-location guidance, post-processing sessions in between location shoots, other costs like travel, lodging, and meals. Those are not included in the price. You can reserve a space with a deposit of $495, and the full details about the workshop are on the workshop webpage. There's a link to it in the show notes. Of course, there's a link in the show notes, right? You know me by now. There's a link in the show notes for the workshop. And I will say this workshop, it went public mid-January, and as I record this, is nearly sold out. There was one space left when I looked just before starting the recording for this podcast. So if this sounds like your kind of photo workshop, don't wait too long. You can nab that last space. And I look forward to you joining me on this adventure. Thanks as always to everyone that supports this podcast through comments, reviews, shares, A special thank you to Rick, who sent in a monetary donation this past month. Rick, thank you very much. And, you know, it's it's guys like Rick that not only keep the podcast going, but also keep it ad-free. You know, we're not talking about Dollar Shave Clubs or recruitment services or socks or other non-photography stuff here. (laughs) You're going to laugh. I had a company that works in carbon credits reach out to me asking about a partnership and I'm pretty darn confident that our community here doesn't need to buy carbon offset points. I was like, it doesn't make no sense to have that kind of stuff on a photography podcast. So Rick, thanks again for your donation and helping to keep this space ad-free. And there are plenty of zero-cost ways you can support the podcast. See the link in the show notes to learn about them, or if you're on the web, click the support the show button on every page of stopdownpodcast.com. And that's going to wrap up this episode. Once again, if you have a moment, please rate and especially review the podcast in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. Very much appreciated. And until next time, my name is Scott Davenport. Have fun.